It's your pal Siri. You have found the Ambiguously Blind Podcast, where we are challenging beliefs and revealing abilities that make people extraordinary. With your host, a guy that's great at hearing, but terrible at listening, John Grimes. Hey, 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 greetings. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in, subscribing, and supporting the podcast experience. Our guest for this episode is Ryan Flurry. He is a fellow podcaster, one of the co-hosts of the AT Banter podcast that I appeared on a few weeks ago. So we're going to turn the tables and uh, talk a little bit about Ryan on my podcast. So we're going to virtually cross the border up into Canada where we find Ryan. Hey, Ryan, thanks for joining the Ambiguously Blind podcast. Thanks for having me, John. I'm glad you pronounced it because I know I couldn't. Um, what did I pronounce? Oh, ambiguously. Ambiguously. Yes. Yes. Yes, That's a big word. It's a big word. It is. Absolutely. Can you spell it? A-M-B-I-G-O-U-S-L-Y. You missed a U, but pretty close. Yeah. It's it's, it's the whole U-O-U-S-L-Y. Yeah, it's tricky. Uh, I failed. Maybe that's an American spelling and not a Canadian spelling. Um, maybe I'll go with that. And yeah, you do have the Canadian thing going on. I was going to mention that. I've got my double double sitting here, nice and nice. Uh, ready to rock and roll for a conversation. Excellent. Glad to hear that. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll fit in some more Canadian um, funny things. I mean, are you you like hockey? I mean, do you hi? You have to like hockey, right? Not really. You know, I used to growing up and I played as a kid, but. I just can't be bothered to waste two and a half hours. I'd rather do other stuff. Oh, all right. Well, if, it, if you had to pick, <laughs> who, who is your hockey team of choice? Probably Dallas Stars? Calgary Flames. Oh, okay. Probably Calgary. Canadian I grew up in Alberta, so. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, our uh, paths crossed a few weeks ago. Ryan, you, uh, you were a podcaster yourself. We'll probably get into some of that as well. And this is one of those things where you're down with OPP as well, other people's podcasts. So <laughs> Absolutely, most gonna, definitely. We're going to turn the tables here, and we're going to talk a little bit about about you on the uh, Ambiguously Blind podcast. It was a fun chat with you guys. You guys got a got a cool thing going on there, and you've been doing this for like a long time now, right? Yeah, we're about to start our eighth year season, whatever you want to call it, in May. So week after week, we keep plugging away at it. 300 and something episodes at least. Yeah, it's over 300 now. Yep. It's pretty amazing. You guys must know something about what's going on. <laughs> you would think, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, you know, we take away something from almost every show. And, you know, we thought originally because we worked for an assistive technology company, we thought let's start an assistive technology podcast. It's what we do. It's what's we're, what we are experts in. And about three episodes in, we probably realized that we're no good at this. There's other people doing a much better job. So we switched gears and decided to just talk to the disability community. And we've been doing that ever since. You got to figure things out. You got to get in there and feel around and (laughs) figure out your lane and go with it. But I'd say with 350 or so episodes or whatever, I'd say you've probably found that lane. I think so. You know, we have a faithful audience that has been with us most of them have been with us i think since the start and it's a global audience which really surprises us when we receive email um, that people are still you know sticking with us and of course i'm sure you're aware that the topic of a show 
won't necessarily mean something to one person, but it could, you know, change somebody else's life. We don't do it for ourselves, that's for sure. Um, you know, we get a lot out of doing the show, but we just never know who we're reaching. Yeah, we haven't mentioned the name yet. It's AT Banter. It what is. What you guys yep. do, and the AT's for assistive technology, right? Yeah, it's such a bad name. You know, Rob and I, my my co-host, I've been talking about rebranding the podcast for about six, seven years now. And we keep getting email from listeners saying, don't rebrand. AT Banter is your brand. So I think we're stuck with it. Yeah, I'd say go with it, you know? Yeah. Might as well. At Banter, maybe? Just well, we've had that. Yeah, it's, it's really funny trying to get your smart assistant, whether it's the Echoes or Google Homes, to play AT Banter because they don't understand what you're trying to say. You have to say at Banter or A space. T space banter. Yes. They just don't get it. So it's a bad name for that. But I can relate. You right off the bat, you mentioned <laughs> pronoun- pronouncing uh, ambiguously correct, and um, those devices don't really like that either. Oh, is that right? Yeah. When I ask that, I would say like maybe six or seven times out of ten, I get something totally different. <laughs> I have to be very articulate when I say it. Well, it's a great way to discover new shows because you never know what you're going to get. Um, yeah, I guess so. That's true. <laughs> but it usually plays the same thing and it's not even anything close. To, it's not even in the same language. So I can't remember what it plays, but it's. I'll have to try it. That's yeah, funny. it's interesting. OK, so assistive technology, you've got a, at least a background in that. I think you, you do some work in that currently. Yep. So we had, well, I shouldn't say we had, um, my other co-host, Steve Barclay. I had worked for a company called Aroga Technologies, and they did assistive technology products in Canada. And they went out of business in 2017. They'd been around for, I think, 30 years. And so when that company closed, Steve started our, his current company, Canadian Assistive Technology, and brought me on. So, you know, we've been doing assistive technology sales and support and service for over 30 years. Um, he's been doing it over 30 years. I started with that company in 2000 and you know we're still just watching it all evolve and, and carrying on yeah well there's been a lot of changes since 2000 in assistive there technology has. my goodness yes absolutely and does that make you i mean you obviously have had lots of things to play with and try and test and teach and all those kind of things or are you a windows guy I am a Windows guy. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've never tried using an Apple or a Mac computer. Um, you know, I know blind people are using them quite successfully, and it's something I've thought about trying. But yeah, I've been in the Windows ecosystem since day one, since I lost my sight and haven't, haven't looked back. There was an incident in your life. One, just, it was one thing that happened, and it's kind of like me. Ryan, where we, we talked a little bit about this on, on your podcast, where we're kind of similar in the sense that we both had an event happen. A lot of times we uh, talk with people that have visual impairments and things, and there's some genetic things happening. Not everybody, but there's, there's certainly a fair amount of those that I talk to anyway. But it's not too often that I get the, I was, um, everything was just normal here, and then all of a sudden it wasn't. But uh, I lived that too. So what was your situation like? Yeah, so I was... 23 working in the forestry and one night our shift had ended our our time in the bush had ended and so a roommate and I had driven back to where we were living in the interior of British Columbia Canada and 
decided that we were going to head off and pick up another friend and take him home. So on our way, we had taken him home, dropped him off. And on our way back to my roommate's place, he was getting really tired and said, you know, he needed to stop. I said, okay, no problem. I'll, I'll take over and drive for you. And so we did. We switched places. And I don't know how long it was after that I fell asleep and woke up three days later in the hospital and couldn't see. So the story is I had fallen asleep, driven off the road, hit a boulder, and thankfully there were two people that were driving past on the highway who had saw, I guess, the headlights or taillights in the distance and stopped to see what was going on and called for help. Wow. And at that point, I had, yeah, I was totally blind. I had sight all my life until I was 23. Wow. Okay. Did you have some other ailments from the accident? The only, <laughs> I say the only ailments, I, I shattered my face, basically what happened. Yikes. So I, I did. My eye, wow. my, my eyeballs are ruptured. So my eyelids stay closed all the time. My optic nerves were severed. My nose is made from a piece of bone from my skull. My jaw was wired shut for three months. And that was pretty much it. So I had no face. Oh, by well, the that's sounds it. Of huh? it. <laughs> that's it. No big deal. <laughs> Well, you know, thankfully I, I came out of it, you know, like I said, my jaws were wired shut for three months. I came out of the hospital two weeks after that accident. So I walked out, I didn't go back home. I was living in the middle, you know, interior of British Columbia. My family was all in Alberta. And at that time I was estranged from my family. So there was no way I was going back to live with my mom and dad. As you know, the doctors were saying, you're going to want to go, you know, go home, recover, relax, you know, regroup. And that wasn't an option for me. Um, my social group, my, my support network were my friends in the city I was living in. And that's where I stayed. And getting in touch with our organization for the blind here, the Canadian National Institute for the Blind, I started learning orientation and mobility. I started learning Braille. I started learning how to independently live. So cook for yourself and clean. You know, I started all that rehab and then found a mentor um, or they had put me in touch with a mentor who was about 20 years older than me, but very similar situation. He lost his sight in a car accident and he also you know, played some guitar, which, you know, I was a big fan of music as well. And that was the journey to my recovery was having the social support, having support from the blindness organization and the friends around me. And, you know, I don't get me wrong. I was pissed off. I was angry. It was, there's a grieving process that sure. I think we all go through. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I still, you know, I won't say I get angry, but there's times I'll get turned around in my house and smack my head on the wall. Right. And it's just like, <laughs> what it I wouldn't happens. give to see again. Yeah. But I'm a much better person. Losing my sight gave me direction in my life because up until that point, I wasn't working other than in the forestry and that wasn't a career path. There was nowhere to go from there. I was just aimless. I was a wanderer. And that process gave me focus. I had to go back to school and get retrained. I had to figure out what I was going to be and what I was going to do with my future. So I'm a, like I said, I'm a much better person now than I was back then. 
I can, yeah, I can see where that would be the case. Like maybe a lot more discipline in your life with the new situation you're in. Yeah. And, and good or bad, you know, I'm a stickler for routine. And if you ask my wife, it probably drives her up the wall, but yeah, everything, everything has a time, everything has a place and not to say I'm not flexible, but there's definitely a difference in the way I go through my daily life. Yeah. Well, that's probably a good thing. Absolutely. Let's back up a minute to the, uh, the, jaw wired shut so what is that like you said three it weeks sucks. or three months no it was three months wow the jaw, yeah i walked out of the hospital in two weeks after my accident but my jaw was wired shut for three months so basically liquid diet yeah so you think of your milkshakes your uh what's the stuff um powdered shakes anyway i can't think of the name of the stuff now but yeah, like carnation um, instant shakes. breakfasts and yeah a lot of that stuff and basically smoothies I smoothies i i couldn't get food into me because my jaws were wired shut now it's funny because through the accident i had only lost one tooth so i had a gap in my bottom row of teeth during that three-month period you know the wires start to loosen and stuff a little bit so i could kind of open and close my jaw a little bit and i got so desperate at one point in time that my girlfriend at the time and I, I said, you know, I really want some McDonald's French fries. And I started sticking French fries through the gap in my teeth because <laughs> I wanted food. <laughs> so, yeah. but yeah, yeah talk about a weight loss program. I was going to say, you probably dropped a few pounds during that time period. Dropped a few pounds, but you know, again, at that point in time, I wasn't, I wasn't active either, right? I was trying to figure out yeah. Who am I now that I'm blind? How am I going to find something in the fridge? How am I going to find the bus? How am I going to do yeah. ABC? You had a lot of things going on. There was a lot going on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and obviously the forestry, I guess. What, what were you doing in the forestry? What does that mean? Cut down trees? and? Well, there's part of that, but fighting forest fires, basically. So carrying water pumps and running hose. and Kind of an exhilarating job. Yeah, I was definitely active, um, you know, in, in good shape. Are there a lot but, of forest fires in those days? Well, every summer in British Columbia, there's, there's always forest fires. And, uh, you know, I'd be in a camp of, you know, 150, 200, 300 other, other workers, right? So they'd set up camp kitchens and you'd have your cooks and your dishwashers and then you'd have the forestry crews and, you know, it, it's a whole setup. It's like a small town when there's a big fire. And is it, or some of those controlled fires or are these accidental ones? No, these were either man-made or lightning strikes. Interesting. Okay. So we're not going to do forestry anymore. <laughs> Our jaws wired shut for three months. We can't see anything. Where do we go from there? Well, again, you know, going back to the CNB and starting to learn some Braille and some orientation and mobility, I was able to learn routes to the bus stop. And the city I was living in, um, in British Columbia is called Kamloops. And there really wasn't going to be a lot of opportunity for me there. And any retraining I was going to take, I was told back then that it's probably going to involve a computer and a phone, a.k.a. the call center. Mm -hmm. And so I came down to Vancouver, British Columbia. I went to the British Columbia Institute of Technology for call center training. And that's when they hooked me up with the JAWS for Windows screen reader. And I started learning how to use, you know, Windows and JAWS, navigate database systems, 
and, you know, basically started on my career path to customer service. Were you a computer user before that? Not at all. Not at all. Other than school. You know, in school, we had Apple IIe's, you know, nice. IBM. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Yeah. Way back when. Yeah. Right? Good, so. good old days. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, I had no real screen reader, no real computer experience. When I lost my sight, it was Windows 95. It was JAWS 3.2. Um, very, very early days. Yeah. So it wasn't wasn't DOS, thank goodness, because that probably would have messed me over. But Yeah, Windows 90. Yeah, that was, um, man. So, yeah, you've witnessed a lot of change in that arena. My goodness. There's been a lot, absolutely. And I used to pride myself on my memory because I was really good at just not being afraid to try things. And I would retain a lot of information. And I'm sure as you're finding out as we get older, we start to give up. <laughs> so I refer to manuals now. I don't have space in my head for all of that information anymore. Yeah, that does kind of happen with age. I turn into my dad. <laughs> I'm the get off the lawn guy now. Right. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that too. Man, <laughs> what's going on here? Yeah. Blinked and this happened, but uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So Windows and, and JAWS are, you're a, you're a big, you still use JAWS today? I do, yeah. I've I've also used NVDA from time to time as well. Okay, JAWS yeah. is my go-to. I was gonna say, are there any alternatives? Seems to be Absolutely. a popular one. Yeah, yeah. There's NVDA. Even Windows Narrator is getting pretty decent now. Yeah. Have you experimented um, with that? I've played with it a little bit. You know, there's definitely, you know, for most people who want access to email, internet, and some word processing, Narrator is all they will ever need. If you need access to, you know, programs maybe like Reaper and audio editing program you might get some basic functionality done but without third-party scripts to enhance the functionality of jaws or mvda you're just it's not going to be very efficient or usable so that's why i stick with the commercial product i'm visually impaired totally blind in my right eye about 2300 in my left eye so i use the magnifier yep on i have pretty large screens and i use both windows and mac I'm one of those strange people and I've used uh, Zoom Text since '98. My incident occurred in '98. I think you said right. yours was maybe in '95. Yep. So we're veterans to this, I guess <laughs> you would say. Well, you know, even Zoom Text has hasn't. You know, it's changed and evolved, but you know, it still does the basic stuff really well, right? It magnifies, it reads. That's its forte, and it's still present today. Yeah, amazingly, it's still to me uh, can't can't be replaced by windows accessibility yet although i think windows is trying to do that um maybe to keep up with apple i think apple was way ahead on the accessibility stuff and, and yeah. microsoft is catching up but there are there are some functions that i use uh two of them in particular i i invert the screen colors mm -hmm. um, all the time and it's hard to do that on the magnifier with windows um i'm probably missing the easy way to do it but it's it just it, it's it's difficult and i've got this muscle memory you know for how many years even though they changed the <laughs> shortcuts about seven or eight years ago i i've got this muscle memory so i've got it down so well and i mean i i'll i'll, I'll invert colors like i don't know a hundred times it just all the time really? based on based on the, the what i'm what i'm using because some things are in dark mode right and then when you flip to a different screen they're not 
and then I I I work better with uh dark background dark background with light text. And does your eyesight is your eyesight affected by like you know light coming like whether it's midday, early day, late day, or does um, that not affect you at all? Mildly, not okay. not dramatically. So that's not why you you adjust the colors all the time. It's just what works for you. Yeah. So when when dark mode came around within the last few years, that that was like the best thing ever for me. Right. But the problem is is that some some apps don't work in dark mode. So if I put my computer in dark mode, everything's fine. And then I get to an app that, like for instance, <laughs> Gmail, for instance, I can put my my computers in dark mode on Windows and on a Mac. The Gmail browser version. Um, you can have dark mode turned on in the inbox is dark mode, right. but when you compose an email, it's regular. So the, everything's dark and then I compose a message and bam, it's white. So it's like bright. And I wonder it, if there's an extension you can add on to, to Google to, to change know. that. I don't know. Huh. Maybe you're the expert. I should be talking to you about that. But, <laughs> but so, so what happens is I'll compose an email and I immediately have to invert the colors. Because wow. it's which I can do in a second, but I got to do it. It just it's not a big deal, but I just noticed that it doesn't. And then like, but like Microsoft, I use Hotmail as well. Their yeah. email, web based email, it stays in dark mode in the compose view. Interesting. But Gmail does not. We should email the Gmail team and say fix it. Yeah, yeah. And probably like twenty years ago, I probably would have done that a hundred times by now. <laughs> but now I just kind of fight through it, <laughs> wow. you know, but the other, but actually the other thing, and I do know some people at Microsoft in the accessibility group actually, and something that they, they, are, as they say is on their roadmap to fix, but isn't yet is dual monitor support. So, and of course it does support dual monitors, but not the way I want it. So what I do, the way I have it, and, and boy, we're getting really technical here. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's going to stay with us on this one, but but I'll tell you. So the I have two monitors on my machines, and when I'm running Zoom Text and on actually on Mac, it works too, right out of the box, of course. So I have no sight, no vision, in my right eye. So I'll, I'll one of my mon one of my monitors is zoomed, and the other one is regular size. Right. And so for me to orient myself on the screen, I can see enough see the cursor like on the screen where it is because sometimes when you get zoomed in you I lose where i am right i'm so mm -hmm. zoomed in that i can't really see where i am i can't see the forest for the trees right we want to do a forestry reference here <laughs> and so i um i can use the other monitor to kind of orient myself right um, or if it's something that's big enough like a picture or something i may be zoomed in on it but i can see the larger picture from the other monitor um, much better. Okay. So zoom text probably like, um, maybe like 10 or eight or 10 years ago, finally brought dual monitor support into where I could do that. Um, I can have one screen zoomed and one screen at what they call one X or normal. Right. Right. Yeah. So in windows, you can do dual monitor with magnifier, but it, it, it turns, you could have one monitor or 15 monitors and it's all one monitor when you, when you do it. Uh, so it's doesn't, help me at all so well, there you go low vision users buy zoom text it'll do what you want yeah you know i i don't know what's going to happen with <laughs> with uh zoom ai squared what are they now uh, freedom scientific or whatever the Vispero. name is sparrow yeah so yeah. I, I i'm pulling for those guys but the more that microsoft does i don't know what's going to happen i think 
I think JAWS is the gold standard, though, for Windows-based screen readers. I don't think that's going to change anytime, anytime soon. But they, they could lose some people with the, in the vision impaired community with the, in the middle, in the spectrum, as we call it. Oh, absolutely. More and more people are, are jumping ship and going to NVDA because it is free. And, yeah. you know, and, it and it's is, a heavy, pro yeah. it's heavy too, man, on mm -hmm. your processor with, because um, a magnifier is so light, it, I can tell it definitely tell a difference in the right. speed of the computer when it's when it's in uh, it seems it moves so fluidly yeah yeah i think there's a lot of legacy code that they're still using and they need to go back in and clean it all up yeah well i got a bunch of legacy code i gotta clean up too and i know how that goes <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right so the podcast i think we kind of touched on most of that you guys are rocking and rolling with that do you do much of the at stuff anymore we still, from time to time, talk AT. We did an episode actually on March 29th with the CEO from Be My Eyes talking about the new AI volunteer. So we are still dabbling with some tech interviews when something kind of jumps out at us, but we're really not focused on that so much. And how do you guys find your guests? I do all of, well, I do 98% of that. And it's either by finding people on Twitter um, disability groups on Facebook, looking at other podcasters like you, seeing who your guests are and poaching them if we can. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but well, yeah, I will, say, I will it... say the, the, the podcast world, it's, it's, it's tremendous. I like it. It's, it's a lot of fun, but it's, it can be pretty incestuous, right? It can. And we try not to do that because like, if you had a guest on last week, we don't want to have them on the following week. Or too we'll, close. We'll wait right? at least two weeks, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least. And same with returning guests. You know, we try not to have the same guest on too often. Usually it's within every two to four years, unless it's a guest we're really clicking with. Then we'll bring them back for maybe a roundtable discussion or an anniversary type show, um, you know, sort of special event episode. But we really try to keep our guests fresh. Yeah, that's not difficult to do, but it's it's pretty simple. I mean, I, I see those things, too. I see other podcasts and other places. And if it's going to be somebody similar, maybe we get a different topic or something. Well, and there are different angles that, you know, we can take. Yeah, and that's probably the <laughs> probably the best approach to stay out of all the, you know, it, it, it can be. I, I use the word incestuous again. It's it just seems like that. I've definitely seen some of that. And. It, um, I guess that's just the way the world works, though. But that happens in other, not just in our podcast community, all podcast communities. You'll have a guest that just hops from show to show to show, and that's just kind of what happens. And that's the way the world works, too. Well, and especially if there's mainstream news. Like right now, we're hearing a lot about chat GPT and you know AI. It's in the news. It's on TV. It's, it's everywhere right now. So everybody's talking about it. And the assistive technology community is really kind of rallying around it or talking about it as well. So... You know, the Blind Abilities podcast did an episode yesterday. You know, we did one today that'll go out next week or two. Um, so there's there's people doing it, but it's it's current news, right? Yeah. So we don't feel bad doing that. So what's your take on ChatGPT 4.0? If what we're seeing currently is the beginning of what AI is going to be capable of, those of us who have assistive technology needs are going to be blown away at what we are going to be able to accomplish. You know, talking with the, the folks from Be My Eyes, 
you know, just for an example, the chat GPT with Be My Eyes, you can point it at the contents of your fridge. It'll recognize the objects in your fridge, tell you, if you ask it to, potential recipes for the food that it recognized. You could say, you know, low fat recipes, you know, high protein recipes, whatever. It'll find you recipes. It can, you know, give you cooking instructions. It can tell you if your milk's expired. Um, it's contextual. It's, it's conversational. And we're seeing that now um, in Spotify. They've announced, or they've in beta now, are playing with chat GPT uh, as a DJ. So you can go through Spotify playlists and find, you know, a DJ playlist. And it is an AI DJ. So after three or four songs, the DJ interrupts and says, you know, that was so-and-so. And that song was from 1975 on the album, Let It Be. Wow, interesting. Coming up next yeah. is blah, blah, blah. And that's all AI. So just think about chatbots on your cable provider or TV, you know, satellite provider. If you're trying to do any sort of conversational stuff online or even through the telephone. How often is it now if you try to call a company, agency, organization, you actually talk to a real person right off the bat? You end up in a call tree most of the time. Mm -hmm. yep. You know, AI can alleviate a lot of that. Now, at, at the cost of people's jobs, unfortunately, that's going to be in effect. But I really think that AI is going to, it's going to change our world, those of us with disabilities. And, you know, some people don't like having the, you know, smart assistants in their homes and, and that's fine. But I do think we will adopt it without even knowing we've adopted it. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of one of those people that don't like the assistants in my house. I do have some, but they're usually <laughs> unplugged. I, so I, I don't get the full advantage of, of, of they only the work if they're plugged there. in right. and the mic is on. Right. right. So, yeah, yeah. But there are times where I know I'm going to be doing something. So I, I will plug those things in, but. How often do you use Siri? Uh, well, I use that all the time. Right? A virtual assistant in your home, right? It is. I do have Hey Siri turned off, actually. So yeah. it's not, I, I have to ask it on demand. But right. for some reason, I have, I don't know, I have I give Apple a pass. Um, <laughs> which I think a lot have of people- Have you tried Siri? <laughs> I, well, I think that a lot of people do give Apple a pass. What you get in the, in the walled garden- Yes. Um, I, I assume that Apple knows everything about me already, probably anyway, um, because so much of my life is on an Apple device. So yep. I will allow Siri to. Um, I'm OK with Siri. And yeah, Siri needs some help for sure. But there, the other ones, there, there are definitely areas where the other ones far surpass Siri, but I don't know. But think about your Gmail. You, know, you, you mentioned you're, you're in the Google camp. Yeah. Google has all of your emails that oh, yeah. you've ever sent and received, right? Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah, they know just as much about you they as do. Siri probably yeah. does. So, and so, yeah. does, so does Microsoft because I'm, yeah. I'm on Windows. So they all know it. <laughs> exactly. It's, yeah. it's, I, I realize that it's not, but I, I guess I try to limit it where I can. It's kind of like drinking Diet Coke. Right, it's it's still Coke, you will if you have to, but it's diet, so it makes me feel better. Right, right. So yeah, they're unplugged for the most part. Yep, I hear you. I don't know. That's how I rationalize it. Well, and again, I think you know, like smart assistants, people weren't 
really ready for that. And then you try one, you kind of get hooked, right? It's that dopamine effect. And well, yeah, I mean, that happens to just about everybody, I think. But, it but does. The, the assistant thing is really big for people, for sure, people in the vision impaired community, because that's yeah. where I am. I, I'm sure it works for other other yep. folks, too, with other situations. But um, it it does really alleviate a lot of friction on on doing some things. So, and that's one of those things where I, I really love it when technology that was meant for the masses, you know, works so well for people like in, in our situation with the visual impairment. It's like, man, where did this come from? And they didn't even make it for people with visual impairment. They may, they might have had that in mind, but it wasn't that they thought their target audience, right? So exactly. Those yeah. kind of things are just fantastic. I've talked before on the podcast. I, I like, I like the barbecue. And one of the things about barbecue is that you have to, you have to pay pretty close attention to the temperature because you cook things for a long time, slow yeah. cook, smoker kind of thing. And a um, a company called the Flame Boss, I don't know when it came out. It's within the last seven or eight years, probably. Um, this guy was uh, smoking meat all the time, and it, you know you smoke a brisket for like ten hours or something. Yeah. So you pretty much got to be by your smoker for ten hours, which may not be a problem if you have kids or something. <laughs> you know, maybe you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but. If you got to leave somewhere or you want to, you got to do something besides sit around and watch your smoker do nothing. He made a device that you could plug into it that was, that would get on the internet so you could monitor the temperature of the fire and your meat and those kind of things. And uh, it turns out it's totally accessible. So somebody like me and my good buddy, you guys know Chris Peltz at uh, Blind no. Grilling? No. Okay. Well, for the booker of AT. Banter. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna help you out here with Chris Peltz, blind Perfect. grilling. He is incredible, and he is the he's the one that introduced me to all of this. And so these these guys that made this controller for a smoker made it totally accessible, and it's that's I use it all the time. And again, it Very was cool. not designed for that reason, but it works. Like I I wouldn't be able to do it without it. Kind of. Well, and like you mentioned, you know when when a mainstream product reaches us and the developer has no idea of that market you know he probably didn't even think about the blindness or partially sighted market when no, he developed that app for the device and you know there's a whole nother consumer base that companies are missing out on without thinking about us or involving us in that conversation so good on him yeah i'll definitely reach out to him yeah he's a good guy He's a good guy. And he, I think he may even, um, well, I don't know if he's a musician. He's, he's played some music before, but he's not a musician like you. You're a musician, right? Also in, in your spare time, right? <laughs> I, I dabble. I'm a hobbyist. Yeah. I play a, a little bit of guitar and more bass guitar than anything, but yep. Do, so do you have a bass guitar? I have three. I was going to say how many? Okay. So you're a bass kind of guy. I'm a bass guy. I have 11 guitars in total. Jeez. Yeah. So, hobbyist, right? 11 yeah. Guitars. yeah. <laughs> Uh, whatever well, makes you feel better well thank you i appreciate that <laughs> you know you got to have a tool the right tool for the job right you can't use a screwdriver to pound a nail in no you try. certainly can't yeah it's the same with same with instruments you can't play a bass on a trumpet part so you've got to have the right tool for the trade and well i like to kind of collect guitars so, <laughs> so what's the coolest guitar you have you have is there a collection one or a story behind any of them or no no there's no collection guitars no vintage guitars i've just got um an uh, epiphone casino which is a hollow body guitar 
uh, natural color, just like John Lennon had. I've got my Telecaster, a Stratocaster, an SG, which is what I think Angus Young played. And then I've got my, you know, my bass guitars and acoustic guitars. So, you know, they're just typical standard guitars you pick up at any guitar store. But, you know, I like different tones from different instruments. And so that's where I go. Hmm, okay. And so it's White Cane Records, right? It is. Yeah. That's my YouTube channel that I put up a few years ago and have some of my music up there now. Yeah, you do have some music up there. And there's one I want to play in particular. If I if we can get the approval from the the artist, I guess, or the uh, I don't want to get in trouble with my copyright infringement here. So do you know somebody that I can ask about this? Yeah, I think you can ask Ryan Fleury. He'll probably tell you. Okay, cool. I'll get with him afterwards. I'll ask for uh, permission. <laughs> or I'm sorry, I'll beg for forgiveness. So, uh, okay, so there's a song you have on it. Tell me what the name of this one is. I think you know what I'm going to play here. Yeah, so this song is called Make a Difference, and there's a little bit of a story to this song. I had this song done in late 2019 and just had it sitting around, didn't do anything with it, didn't put it up on the YouTube channel. And then there's a Canadian organization for the blind called the Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians. And they were having a fundraising event called Let the Music Flow. And I thought, you know, I've got this song. I'm going to submit it to the concert. And they accepted it. And then I thought, you know, wait a second. This community is mostly blind and partially sighted people. How cool would it be if I could have this made into a descriptive audio video or a descriptive music video? Yeah. Now you wrote you wrote the lyrics, right? I wrote the lyrics. I did the music other than the electric electric guitar and the bass guitar and the drum tracks. Those were done by a friend of mine in Ontario, Canada, Mike Charcello. So yeah, I okay. wrote the lyrics. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play it here and then we'll just kind of talk about it as it goes. Sure. Here we here we go. A record spins on a turntable. The needle arm swings over the vinyl, then lowers onto the record's grooves. A globe near the record player rotates. Outside, a boy sits on a brick wall viewing a tablet. In a modest backyard, a toddler wearing a white dress toddles amongst people, drinking and mingling. I have seen a world through a child's eyes. The little girl wanders toward the house. As a place of innocence, wonder and surprise. An older girl stands before a public fountain. Okay, so that's kind of the idea there. So it's the, the video, and you've got the audio description in there. Yeah, so again, you know, I reached out to my friends at Descriptive Video Works, who we've had on our podcast, and asked them if they would be willing to put together the descriptive audio track, and they said, absolutely. So they had one of their scriptwriters write a script, and the narrator, the woman narrating it, her name, I believe, is Diane Newman. And if you've ever watched Breaking Bad on Netflix, she was the audio describer on Breaking Bad. Okay, yeah, cool. Very, very cool that they picked her to do the video. Haven't spoken to her yet. I still want to get her on our podcast as well. But it that was my 15 minutes of fame. I had a lot of, <laughs> a lot of email back from people saying this was fantastic, fabulous. Um, there's a couple of interviews you've probably seen on my YouTube channel where people have been talking about the video as well with me. Um, you know, Rob Minot, the other co-host of AT Banter, he put the video together. 
So it was a real team effort and it all came together in time for this virtual concert. So yeah, my 15 minutes of fame. That's cool. Well, we got to keep it going, right? How long ago was the, was it? So the song was done in 2019. The video was done in 2020. And at that time, which is only three years ago, the only other audio described music video I could find was by our friend Stevie Wonder back in 2005, I believe. And it's called So What's the Fuss? Ooh, I'm not aware of that. Okay. Not many people are, but there's a few more musicians now, and I can't remember their names off the top of my head, but they are releasing audio described music videos now too. So it really surprises me it hasn't taken off yet that people aren't thinking more about this, but I think we'll get there. It's, it's, a, it's a medium that can be just as inclusive as Netflix or, or streaming video. Yeah, it can. Now, how old was the Stevie Wonder song? Uh, again, I think that video or that song came out in 2005. And was it described at that time or it's been described yes. later? No, it was described at that really, time. Really? In 2005? Amazing. Yeah, I think that was done by WGBH huh. in the U.S. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he, he, you know, he was the first, I believe, to do it commercially. And then, like I said, I didn't find others. There might have been others. Oh, Joey Stuckey. Um, he's another blind musician, great musician. He has one called Blind Man Driving. Um, I think it's on YouTube as well. It's pretty good, too. So there's, there's a few of us out there. Yeah, well, cool. So what, what's on the roadmap for White Cane Records? Oh, well, I released a new song about two or three weeks ago called Glitter and Spangles. Don't ask me what a spangle is. I don't know. Sounds interesting. I think I have heard that, actually. And isn't it about somebody that you know, isn't it? It's about one of our co-hosts, Liz Malone. Yeah. Yes, yes. Who I think is going to be a future guest on this podcast, actually. We're in, I'm in negotiations with her agent, so we'll see. <laughs> Good luck with yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a little more than I bargained for. No, she is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting. You know, she's only been with us just over a year. And, you know, Rob and I had been talking about the show and how we could, you know, evolve it and change it a little bit. And we had three Canadian men doing the podcast. And it was time to bring on a woman to the show, bring a different perspective, a different dynamic to the conversation. And so I just did some searching online for other female podcasters, and she had a couple of them. And she herself also is blind uh, or partially sighted. And, you know, we auditioned her for a couple months and she decided to stay. So, yeah. Yeah, it's been a good fit for us. So what did she think about the song? She laughs. She loves it. She said it was awesome. Well, that's good. I don't know if we can play that one. I'll have to see if I can talk to the uh, the artist there. I'll probably just we'll put a link to that in the uh, show notes so people can can check sure. that out. Yeah, absolutely awesome. appreciate that. Where's the best place to uh, get a hold of you, Ryan? Probably the best place to get a hold of me is over at cowbell at atbanter.com. Oh man, I forgot about the cowbell. How dare you? How did, how did we, <laughs> How did we get <laughs> this far in and I forgot about the cowbell? But. I know you did the double-double reference. I was waiting for the cowbell, but it's all right. We got it in. Cowbell at atbanter.com or atbanter.com is the address for the the we- or the or podcast, right? Correct. Right. And whitecanerecords.com. Is that where you hang out for that stuff too? Yeah, that's the YouTube channel for my music and some interviews and always trying to come up with something new to put up there. So Awesome. Well, it's uh, it's been fun, Ryan. Thanks for hanging out with us. 
Well, I appreciate you having me on, John. It's been great to talk to you again. And, you know, hopefully we can get you back on our show. Talk some more about what's going on in your world. Yes, I'd love to do that. I, as I mentioned, I'm working on a book. I have a project going on with that. So it's hopefully a little bit later this year. We'll have a lot of things to talk about like that. So um, I'm interested. So that'll happen. Keep me informed and we'll get you on. Probably time to make like a hockey stick and get the puck out of here. <laughs> there you go. Love it. Thanks for spending time with the Ambiguously Blind podcast. Please rate and write a review wherever you subscribe and connect and share with us at ambiguouslyblind.com.